day and welcome to another great message from Mr. Christian Outreach Church. We pray you've been inspired and equipped by this teaching. For more information on Noosa Christian Outreach Church, please check out our website at noosacoc.org.au. Enjoy. Let's pray. Thank you, Father. God, we just stand in awe of you. Lord, of your amazingness, of your bigness, of your goodness. Father, and I just thank you that you choose to use us, each and every one of us, that not one of us sitting here today is insignificant, not one of us sitting here today is invisible, not one of us sitting here today have challenges beyond what you can use, Father, what you can mould to bring praise and glory and adoration to your name, God. And Lord, that's what we want, beyond everything else, Father. We do want to bring all the glory to you. We do want to obey you. We do want to walk in your will for our life, Father. Lord, I just pray this morning that, Lord, you would use me. Lord, that you would speak through my humanness, that you would speak through my inadequacies and my weaknesses, Father. Lord, that you would turn it into something mighty and of you. Lord, that you would be in my words and my actions this morning. Because, God, I don't want to... Speak fluffy words. God, we want to hear your heart this morning. Lord, above all else, that's what we want. We want to encounter you. We want your wisdom, your knowledge. We want your goodness. So God, just flow this morning, I pray, in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Now I'm sure I've got mascara all down my face. My right or your right? Thank you. Okay, well, my turn. Love has been on my heart for a very long time over the last couple of months. And I really, I've really battled with this because I don't want to speak on love. I've heard a lot of amazing preachers preach on love. And I think it's kind of one of those subjects that we hear a bit about. So I'm like, God, I don't want to just repeat, don't want to say the same scriptures. I don't want to just go over this. So it's really, I don't know, it's been a funny battle for me this week. And of course, I had a busy week, as I do. And um, Josh leaves on Friday. So then I planned to give Friday afternoon starting my message. And of course, that didn't happen. The washing got done, the house got cleaned, bedroom got cleaned, everything else by my message. So then Saturday, I sit down, I think... Tomorrow's Sunday. I better get pen to paper. (laughs) So then I start freaking out and going, okay, this is going to be very interesting. And um, I don't know, even still waking up this morning, it hasn't completely settled in me and I don't know why. So here it is. (laughs) I don't know. Um, I think for me, it's been such a quest over the last couple of years to understand the love of God because it was such a foreign concept to me for such a very long time. And I, I grew up in a family full of love. You know, my, my parents are unbelievable and I would never, I remember as a child, never leave the house without my parents saying I love you or me saying I love you back. So it's not as if love was a foreign concept to me, but I think because of my temperament and what I pushed myself into from a very early age, love other than the people very close in my life, wasn't on my radar. 
I didn't have love just for the person down the street or I didn't, you know, I wanted you saved but I remember I went on a, um, a YWAM camp as a teenager and oh my goodness, I think I um, ended up in a few heavy debates down the street rather than just loving people. It was more just getting my Bible out and bashing them over the head because it was like, how, do, how can you debate this? There is a God, full stop. Why do you need to know anything more? What, what else is there? So yeah, evangelism was never really one of my strong points at all. And I think that probably my greatest fear in um, stepping into this position, taking over the church, was people. Because for me, people wasn't a large part of my life. So it was like, okay, God, you're going to totally change my life and now make it all about people. So how's that going to work? Because by nature, I'm an introvert. Most people don't believe that. So, which means I love my own company. And so I'm okay with that. I love it when Josh goes to Melbourne for the footy with the boys because I can just stay home all day and talk to myself. It's beautiful. It's great. It's easy. It's non-confronting. It's just... I don't know. It's peaceful. It's peaceful. That's probably what it is. I like peace. And uh, so, yeah, stepping into this world was completely foreign to me. My interaction with people up until that stage was purely on a business uh, level. So, you know, I was very much in that corporate scene, very much, um, I guess, educating people, speaking to them. I wouldn't see them again, so I wouldn't necessarily say that I'd come from a position of love. So God had to do a lot in my life to get me to this stage now where I can honestly sit up here and say that I do, I love each and every one of you. And I'm so blessed by every single person that I get to interact with. And that's, that's amazing to me because the me that I was before could never have said that could never have just sat down with someone and chatted to them and not looked at my watch three times and thought, I've got somewhere better to be than just talking to you. <laughs> you know what I mean? I would never give up my lunch break or give up my Saturday or, I don't know, it was completely different. So I think what I'm trying to say in all of that babble is to say that God's done something amazing in my life and I, I want to pinpoint and I want to I guess articulate that, but for me, I hope that for those of you that are in my life and have seen it, that that's what you've seen in my life. That's probably the biggest one. You know, Francis of Assisi said, and I'm jumping ahead in my notes, he said, preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. And I've loved that and that's stuck with me for a very long time because I thought, well, how do you preach the gospel without using words? You know, how do you tell someone about God? But it's so true, isn't it? It's so true that when we love people, when we're in their life, when we are willing to go the extra mile, what our actions speak so much louder than words, don't they? You know, I love it when Luke got up before he went over to Monado and spoke to us about love because... It was so beautiful to see the journey that he went on in pursuing God and wanting so much more of God and in this quest for, you know, healing and the prophetic and hearing from God and all that kind of stuff. And God took all that away and said, no, the simplicity of it is, is that I just want you to love. I just want you to be love. I want you to be, I want you so full of me that that's what's coming out. I think that's what I'm trying to say. 
I want to be so full of God that that's all that's coming out. Because the God, the aspects that aren't covered by God in me, they're junk. You know, there's nothing to them. They're hollow words that's, it's selfish. It's self-seeking. It's all of those things that he hasn't called us to be. 1 John 4, 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. You know, that in itself, God is love. If God is love, then that is his nature and character. That means every time God interacts with me, it's from a place of love. Because God can't not be love because that's who God is. He loved the world that he gave his only son. So we weren't just saved through God, through his love for us, but we were created through his love for us. You know, loving, loving, loving Psalm 139 at the moment. And it says, you form my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame or my bones were not hidden from you. When I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the womb, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they were all written. The days fashioned for me. When as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. I am fearfully and wonderfully made by a God of love. You are fearfully and wonderfully made by a God of love. That's amazing. He knitted us together in our mother's womb. You know, it wasn't just our parents' decision to conceive us. It was God's. He breathed life into us. He looked down. He saw us. He fashioned our days before we were even formed. That is so huge. That means that he invested himself into each and every one of us. There were no accidents. Ah, that is amazing. <laughs> that is God. That, it goes beyond our human comprehension, doesn't it? Because we can't, we sit here and we think God can't possibly love each and every one of us. There's too many. But what this is saying is that God breathed life into each and every one of us. So there's not too many of us. He created us. He placed our gifts and our talents within us. He knew that one day Tegan would be standing on this stage and would be able to give glory to God for the gifts that he's placed in her life. You know, that she now has walked through this this journey of anxiety and what the gift that God has given her out of that journey is amazing and so worth the pain, hey, Teagues? 
(laughs) Most of us are familiar with 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind. But now we know that God is love. So we know that Christ is patient. Christ is kind. He does not envy. He does not boast. He is not proud. Christ does not dishonor others. He is not self-seeking, is not easily angered. He keeps no record of wrongs. Christ does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. He protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Christ never fails. Love is God. So God has gone in his word and given us this amazing definition of love. And he's saying, this is me. This is the God that you get to do life with. I am a God of love. I'm a God of patience, of peace, of long-suffering. All of these things. So we know that when we go out and we do life, when circumstances come our way, the only possible response is a God of love. He is the God in our life. And we were made in the image of God. This is what I love. It was funny, I was only just having this conversation with someone on the phone on Friday saying, you know, we use so much Christianese in our walk with God, don't we? And it's quite funny. Like often we'll sprout off these words like we're made in the image of God. Have we actually sat down to think about that? That we were made in the image of God. So therefore we need to understand God's image to be able to understand the image that we were created in. Because if we were created in God's image, then we were actually created as love. We were created to be patient, to be kind, to not envy, to not boast, to not be proud. All of these things are within each and every one of us. The challenge is, in our own strength and in our own humanness, we fall short of all of these things, don't we? Because to not respond in anger when somebody grates you up the wrong way is very difficult. To be patient when someone's driving 30 k's an hour in front of you in a 60 zone is hard to not be angry. All of these things, these are our natural human instincts. But we weren't created that way. We were created in the image of our Father, which means we were created with love inside of us. And I think that that's what happened in my life. You know, finally when I got to a place when I could say, okay, God, I've done the selfish life. I did the pursuing the career and money and house and all of those sorts of things. I did all of those things which made me feel great. And, you know, I, I was proud of myself for my accomplishments and I loved what I did and I was very driven. But when I could finally say, okay, God, maybe it's not all about me. Just maybe. I don't know if there's a new thought. And maybe you could do something different in me. Maybe you could do something that's outside my comprehension. Then I think we're basically saying, okay, God, draw all of these things that you created in me out. Draw patience out of me. Draw kindness out of me. Draw long-suffering out of me. Help me with my temper. Help me not to be angry. Help me not to get frustrated. All these things... Because in our own strength, we fall short time and time again, yes? My husband drives me often up the wall. 
And I want to respond in anger. And I want to throw something at him many a times. Contrary to popular belief, he is not a saint. I will tell you that. And he's not here today, so I can say that. But the God in me says, I've got to love. So right now, even though you're driving me up the wall, I've got to bite my tongue and I've got to go, I may not like you very much at the moment, but I still love you. The challenge is, is that God is calling us to be love, which is a huge ask in the natural. Matthew 22, the disciples came to Jesus and said, Teacher, what is the great command in the law? Jesus said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Notice that God is calling us to love him first and foremost. And then out of that being in love with our father, we can love others, can't we? And that's the key. If we try and do it in our own strength, then we fall short time and time again. But God has said, this is my command. This is my command. You know, and, and before I still loved God. And I could say, yep, God, I'm heeding your command. I do love you. You are in my life. But the second bit, love others as you love yourself. That's a bit harder. And we think we don't love ourselves, but we love ourselves, don't we? We get up in the morning and we shower. You know, we groom ourselves. We put feed, food in our body. We breathe in air. All of these things, we're loving ourselves. We take care of ourselves, some more than others. And God's calling us to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. The challenge is, is that God loves us even though we don't always do what he wants us to do. We don't always earn his love, do we? Our actions, our reactions, what we do, what we say, isn't always worthy of God's love towards us. But he is love. So how else is he going to respond? He still loves us despite all of that. So our biggest challenge when it comes to other people is we want you to earn our love. I will love you when you're worthy of my love. I will love you when you do the right thing by me. I will love you when you say the right thing. It doesn't work like that, does it? Because God says, I've placed my image in you and I love despite the circumstances, despite whether you're worthy or not. So then I'm calling you to do the same. In our Beth Moore study this week, she said, if we all haven't got someone in our lives that is really tough to love, then we don't have enough people in our lives. Isn't that the truth? And it's so true. And I probably would have said that prior to now, I didn't have enough people in my life because my life was nice and cosy and I would just let the people in that I could be bothered letting in or that I could be bothered being nice to or that I wanted to talk to or didn't upset my world or whatever it was. It was very comfortable. So hence, I get a few more people into my world to take me out of that comfort zone. And I think that we're a better person because of the people that love us, because of the people that are in our life, don't we? You know, think if you're married, your husband or, or your wife, they encourage you. 
but they also challenge you. You know, they're, they're helping, you, helping draw out of you the person that God created you to be. I think when we give permission to people to be in our life to love us, then they do. They draw that out of us and they help us to raise, to become that person that God created us to be. God goes even further to tell us how important love is. 1 Corinthians 12, he says, God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administration, variety of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the best gifts. And yet, I show you a more excellent way. If I can speak in the tongues of men and even of angels, but have not love, that reasoning, intentional, spiritual devotion, such as inspired by God's love for and in us, I'm only a noisy gong or a clinging cymbal. I thank God that I am no longer just a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers the gift of interpreting and divine will and purpose and understand all the secret truths and mysteries and possess all knowledge and if I have sufficient faith so that, so that I can remove mountains but have not love, God's love in me, I am nothing, a useless nobody. Even if I dole out all that I have to the poor and providing food and if I surrender my body to be burned, or in order that I may glory, but have not love, God's love in me. I gain nothing. And then it goes on to love endures long and is patient and is kind. You know, God says that we are to earnestly desire the best gifts. But then in the next breath, he says, but I'll also show you a better way. I think that that's what I love. You know, I love the gifts that God's placed in Tegan's life, but they're not for herself. They're not for her to be able to um, get the lotto numbers this week. They're to be able to warn someone when they're travelling to not have an accident. They're to be able to speak life into someone's life, to be able to show them the goodness of God. It's for others. So that has to come from a heart of love, doesn't it? You know, God says, you have a heart of love, then I will give you these amazing gifts to be able to love others through. But start walking. Change your heart. Change your attitude towards people. The word says, let us not love with words or with speech, but with actions and in truth. It's hard because... We have a busy life, don't we? We're all busy. Life is full. There's always a million and one things to do. It's hard sometimes to remember that there's others as well and it's just not all about us and our busy schedules and keeping to our schedules. You know, love is sacrificing your lunch breaks to buy groceries for someone that's sick. Love is giving up your Saturday to help someone move house. Love is holding your tongue when someone accuses you of something that is not true. 
All of these things are love. Love is still being there for someone, even when they make the dumb decisions in life. Still walking with them, still loving them, despite those decisions and despite the the, uh, circumstances that may come their way. Love is seeing that it's not always about you. There is always more to the situation. Love is God's love in us. You know, I heard recently um, a Joyce, Joyce Meyer say that love is her ability to be able to forgive her father for 18 years of sexual abuse. That is love. We can't do that on our own, can we? It's not possible because why would you? In your own self, in your own flesh, if you endured that life or even half the things that we endure in ours, in our own strength, we can't. Challenge is God has called us to love. So with his strength, then we can. And when we fall short is when we do it in our own strength. When we get up in the morning and we go, okay, I'm all about my day and my business and I can do this. Whereas God's saying, well, if you want to be love, then get out of bed in the morning and be about my business, my will, my day. And then I am your strength in that. And then you can love the unlovable. We're made in the image of Christ. And that means we're also created to love. It's in us. The question is, will we allow God to rule and reign in those areas of our life so that we can do what he's called us to do? A new commandment I give to you, that you will love one another as I have loved you, that you will also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Preach the gospel. And if at all necessary, use words. You know, love's not always easy. It's not always walk in the park. It doesn't always smell like roses. It's a daily choice, isn't it? Because we live in a fallen world full of fallen people and they challenge us but they also build us up and encourage us. I want us to understand this. I want us to get love because can you imagine? Can you imagine our life when we fully grasp the concept that God is love and that his love is in us? We are created in his image. He's poured that into us, that we hold his heart of love within us. You know, there's nothing like the experience of having made a judgment of somebody. They are so annoying. They say the most inappropriate things. I can't believe who, who do they think they are. Sitting down and hearing their heart, hearing their journey, what God's done in their life, and then you go, man... I see God in you. And your heart of love just breaks for them. You know, I pray that God breaks my heart for people each and every day. 
But in my own strength, that doesn't happen because in my own strength, I get wrapped up in my own little world. But I want us to be able to do that. And not even just inside here. I want us to go to our workplaces and be love. I want us to go to the shopping centre and be love. I want us to interact with people down at the food outlet and the op shop and just be love. Because then we're obeying the command of Christ. Then we are loving God and loving others. But then we're also going out and preaching the gospel to the nations. Then we're touching lives. We're seeing people saved. We're seeing people set free. Get the band up. Whenever I think about love, I always think about this very old, very um, corny but great lyric song that I just want to read to you now. So you say you can't take it. The price is too high. The feelings have gone. It seems the rivers run dry. You could never imagine it could turn out so rough. You give and give and give, and still it's never enough. Your emotions have vanished, but what's held to thrill? You wonder if love is still alive in you still. But the ring on your finger was put there to stay. You'll never forget the words you promised that day. Jesus didn't die for you because it was fun. He hung there for love because it had to be done. And despite of the anguish, his word was fulfilled. Love is not a feeling. It's an act of your will. Now, I wouldn't try to tell you that it's easy to stand when Satan's throwing everything that's at his command. But Jesus is faithful His promise is true. And whatever he asks, he gives the power to do. Jesus didn't die for you because it was fun. He hung there for love because it had to be done. And despite of the anguish, his word was fulfilled. Love is not a feeling. It's an act of your will. Love is not a feeling. It's an act of your will. The challenge is society tells us that love is a feeling. We fall in love and we fall out of love. When we're ruled by our feelings, then yes, that is correct. But I believe that what is written in this song is so true, that love is not a feeling. It's an act of our will. It's in our choice. You know, our marriages will stand the test of time and last Because love is not a feeling. It's an act of our will. Our friendships will last the test of time. Because love is not a feeling. It's an act of your will. We can live together as a family. We can do life together without killing each other. Because love is not a feeling. It's an act of your will. If you want to figure out life, if you want to know your purpose, if you want more joy or contentment, if you want to know what it's all about, it's all about love. It's all about love. Everything else is great and God has given us so much to use. 
But if we have not love, then we've missed the mark. We've missed what it's all about. Above all else, pursue love. Our prayer each and every day should be, Father, show me today who I can love. Show me today who I can be loved to. Show me today who I can touch. Because do you know what? He makes it all possible, doesn't he? He gives you more than 24 hours in a day if you should need that. I'm sure I've proved that time and time again. Because when we stop to be love, he makes all the rest fit in. He brings about our priorities and he makes it all right. You know, if you don't know this God of love that we're talking about today, a God who is just love, full stop, no matter the journey that you've walked through, no matter the life you've lived, no matter the circumstances in your life, then I would love today to introduce you to this God of love because it's what it's all about. To be in relationship with him, to know him, to have him. Because it's only in him that all of these things are possible. It's only in him that we can love the unlovable. It's only in him that we can love the unforgivable. If you, like me, want more of God in your life, if you want to be out of love, if you want God to expand your capacity and just break your heart, then he will do that for you. Trust me, he's done it for me. So I know it's possible for you. Love is not a feeling. It's an act of your will. If you've got someone in your life where you've allowed your feelings to trump your will, then God can set you free from that today. He can change that relationship. He can turn it around. He can change you from the inside out. So I would so love to pray for anyone today that wants any of those things that I've said, that just wants more love, wants to walk in that. But we might just worship now. And then if you do want prayer, please come. I'd love to pray with you. just want to pray for us before we go this week. Father, I thank you that you are love, Lord, and that you, you loved us so much that you sent your son for each and every one of us, God. Lord, that you are everything that we need, God. Lord, I thank you that your nature, your character, who you are, God, that it's all love. Father, that we get to live in this life with you, God. So, God, I just pray, Lord, that you would bring us back to who you created us to be. 
Lord, that you said that we were created in the image of you. So God, I just pray that you would pull love out of each and every one of us. God, as we go through life, that you would constantly remind us that this is what it's all about. This is what it means to live on this earth. This is what it means to be your hands and your feet. This is what it means to touch humanity, God. God, just expand our hearts this day. Lord, that we would just be bursting with the love of God within us. God, fresh revelation today, I pray. Lord, that we would know it and that we would walk so confidently in your love and sharing your love to this world. Lord, I thank you. You are such a good God. And Lord, we just praise you this morning and just thank you that you are a God of love and that you first loved us, Father. We just thank you and we praise you in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Well, we pray you've been blessed by this message from Noosa Christian Outreach Church. For more information, please check out our website at www.noosacoc.org.au. See you soon.